Not ready? Too bad. Head back, face forward, and hold on like you mean it! Hello and welcome to Review Time's Theme Parkcast. This is a weekly show where we discuss all the ins and outs of attractions and parks from around the world. My name is Dom, and today I'm joined by the man who is responsible for Hong Kong Disneyland getting a new castle. He walked in, had a hearty laugh at its little size, but little did he know that Bob Chapek was right behind him, shedding a single tear. It's Review Time co-host and castle changer, Luke Carroll. (laughs) This story, was it really Bob Chapek? Maybe Iger, I'd believe, or maybe Eisner, and he had his last say. If I Bob Chapek would walk in and go, castle's too big. Can we cut any funds and make it just a little (laughs) bit smaller? Just flatten it. There's no upkeep if you just have a, a plain concrete floor. A vast I thought you were nothing. about to say something super edgy, like, oh, Bob Chapek wouldn't even know what a theme park looks like. <laughs> oh, we're, we're doing show. a That's good way to, uh, to uh, yeah, work our way in with the Disney company at the moment. Yeah, ripping off their CEO. That's a good way to start. Uh, actually, um, I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but I have actually seen Bob Chapek inside Hong Kong Disneyland. At the time, I had no idea who it was. I just saw this random Caucasian bald dude walking around the park. (laughs) Um, And he had like this huge group of people like in suits and women in really nice dresses. And he was walking around and it was pointing out things like he he was just talking about like the experience and how, you Mm. know, people get immersed in the world and that's how they sell more things and how Disney's quality is unmatchable. But the takeaway from that is as he was saying that, I swear like... He must have been bringing around the board of skeptics because as he would walk on to the (laughs) next step, there was like three people who sat back and it's like, oh, Disney quality, eh? Well, I can count at least four lights which are out. (laughs) And I was just like, oh, wow. So, they must be like shareholders or something. Who's the guy... Uh, in Willy Wonka, Slugsworth. They're like actually work for Universal. They're the Slugsworths of the brand. <laughs> They're like, hmm, Disney, hey? Oh, yes. We'll learn their secrets. <laughs> Which is weird because uh, that makes us both. I've seen Chipek as well, but he was walking around with Iger around oh, really? the Magic Kingdom. And I was like, uh oh, look professional, act. <laughs> well, it's is it strange to you that the way it seems to work is that like, yeah, Bob Iger was Michael Eisner's right-hand man, and then he just sort of went, hey, I'm CEO now. And Guess then who? Bob Chapek sort of was Bob Iger's right-hand man, because they probably both walked in, squealed at each other, and went, we're both called Bob! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, remember then- Tom Staggs? Oh, Yeah. Who, like, he was, you know, behind Shanghai Disneyland and a lot of these projects, and it looked as if they were building him up to be the next, you know, CEO. And then all of a sudden, Bob Chapek's like, I'm here now. And Tom Staggs (laughs) got moved to some weird part of the company, I think, which was one of those things. Isn't he now president I think he doesn't work for Disney anymore. Ah. Because he was head of parks and resorts. And then Bob Chapek was like, I can do that. Yeah. (laughs) Guess who? Well, remember that weird point where Bob Chapek came on and then Bob Iger came back and now he's not back? Um, 
But it was all like really non-ceremonious. We'll really <laughs> yeah, I don't think we'll really know what happened behind the scenes there because it did seem to be like, hey, everyone, it's me. Bob Iger, going to be in charge until, you know, 2021 when I said, "Uh uh-oh, the world's falling apart. I don't want to deal with this. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to retire four years ago. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, The other thing as well I find with um, Bob Chapek is like, oh, no. I just completely forgot what I was going to say. Well, what a good opportunity to <laughs> get back on track. <laughs> Everyone's going to be like, oh, they edited that because they said something edgy. No, I literally <laughs> just started looking at things uh. and forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> so we are talking about Hong Kong Disneyland, a nice We're little back. segue from when I originally talked about it in the introduction. Um, <laughs> we always promise this episode and I'm currently in the process of moving houses and I was like, Luke, we need a real simple episode idea and fast. And it was like uh, part three of the Hong Kong Disneyland series, which is <laughs> so we talked about all of the things that were there when they opened, mm. And now we're going to talk about everything that's come. Um, Good episodes. So- if you haven't heard them, there's two parts. The first part, we talk about the history of the resort before it actually existed. Then we talk about Main Street and Adventureland. And then in part two, we talk about Fantasyland and Tomorrowland. If you haven't listened to those episodes, they might build up to this. But the most important thing you need to know is Hong Kong Disneyland, everything's an attraction. Because the park was so small at opening, (laughs) they counted everything. Little tiki's that spit water in Adventureland, that's an attraction. Uh, A sewerage tunnel, that would probably be an attraction. Everything's an attraction, which means... This park needed expansions and needed them quick. Oh, yeah. And if you look at it, this park is the definition up until probably about 2013 of just put whatever you can in. Yeah. I don't care how it works. Just how put it, it in. Just whatever. <laughs> Stick it and forget. This is also... Um, I, I, I can't remember whether we figured out whether any other parks had done this. But it also opened with an attraction in construction, um, which I think was meant to be released. Didn't it happen with Toy Story Land at Shanghai? Where like, because from what I've heard, entrance to the land was built, like the the footers were done behind it, sort of thing. Like it was ready to go, from what I understand. Like I think it might not have gone vertical, but it was there. They had stuff in the ground, sort of thing, ready to go. That might I be do remember seeing pictures where people are like, oh, look at the way, like, the ground There's a barrel of monkeys, here. too. Like, the mm. toilets look like a, you know, a barrel or it was, they looked like an army kind of little barracks. barracks and they were yeah. like, oh, this is where Toy Story Land. And everyone was like, Toy Story Land? That would be a trash land to put in your big, new, expensive, th- oh, they put Toy Story Land in. <laughs> Not even the good version No, Toy Story Playland, that's right that, that version's called Playland, isn't it? And the one at Hollywood mm. Studios is called Land Yeah And and Toy Story Playland is the definition of okay <laughs> <laughs> It's a definition so, of This isn't Disney Just because you yeah. made it about Disney characters Doesn't make it Disney quality But we'll get to that when we get to the point Because surprise, surprise it opens at Hong Kong Disneyland too. Oh, well, it, it opened with some really big expansions, um, which I, I just find 
really interesting because you've got these really big in-depth lands and then Toy Story. Uh, but let's let's take our way back. The park opened in 2005, late 2005 in September, uh, and we're now ready to get to 2006 when things started opening. So shall we just jump right in? Yeah, let's go. It was bloody typical Dom Lacey fashion. I'd be like, oh, we're 10 minutes in late. Uh, let's do a break. <laughs> All these okay, episodes we're walking are through the park. We're walking through the park. We're walking through time. Oh, we're, wa- oh, we're stepping into no, the park. Oh, well, no. Oh, we've gone back in time. Ooh. It's 2006. <laughs> oh, there's uh, dads wearing polos again. Polos and cargo <laughs> That's shorts. not a 2006 thing. That's a 2000 anything thing. There's Zoomers doing Fortnite dances, or am I too too far back? <laughs> if anyone's Look, with probably our generation doing what's a game uh, dances from the, the Sims, I don't know what would from Habo Hotel, oh, yeah, <laughs> mm, the Rolly or something uh, down <laughs> the streets of Main Street, USA. Doing that weird RuneScape dance. This is like <laughs> prime time for that a uh, period of the internet where. Everything was free and everything was fun and it wasn't a yeah. scary place yet. And now the internet is is just a scary place. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. You don't go there to relax anymore. <laughs> but September, uh, September 4th, 2006, more than 60,000 summer passes have been sold since then. So, yeah, so I believe I- this is like their season pass. Yeah, so they donate, from what I understand, Hong Kong Disneyland doesn't have an annual pass uh, or a season pass for the first year Mm. uh, because they were like, the park's going to be so popular. We're going to get 5.6 million guests who come through the gates. Uh, They didn't. They got kind of close. Uh, They had about 5 million guests in the first year. Uh, That's commendable. These summer passes were part of that. So they gave out 60,000 summer passes. And if you don't know about the way Disney counts their attendance. If you come into the park on your summer pass 10 times, that's counted as 10 people for attendance. It's not individual. Mm. So whenever, you know, they say, oh, 26 million people have gone to the Magic Kingdom this year. That means the ticket turnstiles have rolled over 26 million times. It's not 26 individual people. There'd be people who might go 100 times, but they still are counted as 100 people in regards to capacity. Well, it'd be impossible in a park like this where you can just very easily go in and out. Um, yeah. you, you can't really have someone standing there. Uh, I just... don't think it counts. Like, it doesn't count if you leave and come in. Like, that's still Oh, one. really? Yeah. Huh. Because remember, each ticket has its own identification number. The thing that does count is if you are at a park with multiple like a resort with multiple parks. So if you go to Magic Kingdom, mm. Epcot and Hollywood Studios in a day, it adds one to all of those. But the other uh, thing to yeah. remember is Disney doesn't actually tell us these numbers. Mm. The they figured attract- out. <laughs> yeah, the attendance numbers are kind of guesstimated by places like, you know, the Golden Tickets and uh, TEA and places like that. Just guess. The numbers? Well, it's like... Like, you can kind of it, get a guess. It's a guesstimation based off, like, yeah. you have companies um, like yeah. Turin Plans, who their whole thing is just Disney and Universal data. Like, yeah. these guys, they will go yeah, into parks. It's an educated guess. <laughs> yeah, and they'll, like, sit there and they'll pick, like, one turnstile, like, the busiest mm. turnstile, and they'll just go, yep, 
people are going through and just mm-hmm. tap, 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 tap. And then they'll go at the end of the day and they're like, ah, oh, yep. Um, through that one turnstile, 50,000 people went through. That mm. was the busiest. So, if we deduce the next one uh, by 80% and then the next one after that by 60%, yeah. there were four turnstiles open through the day. That's where they get their estimations from. Wow, this is the um, world's well- busiest day. 50,000 <laughs> guests through one turnstile. <laughs> it's New Year's Eve, baby. They're just uh, packing guests in. They're literally, there's nowhere to fit them. They're shoulder to shoulder at the Esplanade and they're just <laughs> cramming them in the park. Don't worry, they can't get through the gates. Look, I I feel like it sounds like a low number. Disney. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, do you think that we'll ever see theme parks as crowded? Yes. As oh, okay, fair. (laughs) Your your confidence in there is more money. I do keep on telling people this, and this is uh, Dom's travel advice. If you do want to travel when the borders of your country open and you are given the green light, you're vaccinated and you're ready to go and you don't have to quarantine when you come back, um, if you've got the savings, book as quickly as you can because there's going to be like a three-month grace period where like a lot of people don't have the luxury of um, I've got annual leave for this time, but when you book it, it's like if they just literally go, all right, borders open in a month, a lot of people can't just go, I'm having this amount of time of leave. Um, And so there's going to be a grace period. And then once that grace period ends, demand is going to skyrocket and supply is not going to be great because there are a lot of businesses that have gone bust in the tourism sector. Um, A lot of hotels that are going to need to get staff and stock and all of that. It's it's going to be a bit of a... Especially from Australia where it's like, we love to travel. Australians just mm. love to go anywhere that isn't Australia. And we've been pretty <laughs> lucky here. We haven't been, you know, absolutely slammed. The unemployment's, you know, it's bad, but it's not absolutely terrible, which means mm. there's a lot of people in Australia that we know of uh, who have just been saving their annual leave, you know, going. So a lot of people, you know, say for argument's sake, the borders open on the 1st of January next year. There would be 10 million Australians who have like six to eight weeks of holidays saved up who are all going to try and leave it around the same time because we've been lucky enough that most of us have still been working through everything. A lot of people got, you know, government support that meant they were earning more than they used to per week. So if they were just saving all that up for holidays, as soon as the borders open, Sydney Airport is going to look like Disney World on New Year's Eve. Crammed together, everyone trying to get to the castle. (laughs) Well, I know this is going to sound like a really weird thing to talk about in a theme park podcast. Um, But if you just have to look at housing at the moment in Australia to realise that people just have money that they want to spend. And I've spoken to... to Yeah, real estate agents, because I've, I've recently just purchased a house um, and it literally was that circumstance of, okay, we're not going on holidays and we have savings and well, we've been- you must do the, <laughs> the ritzy ooh-la-la holidays. We're like, I'm going my trip on the Queen Mary II in the first class suite, so I guess I'll buy a third house instead. <laughs> Oh, I just need that another apartment in Kirribilli. <laughs> My one I, only overlooks the bridge, not the opera house and the bridge. <laughs> I've I've only got five, and it's stopping me from getting a six. <laughs> 
looking dumb. The, the guy who's tuned in is like, yeah, I'm really excited to hear about Hong Kong Disneyland. 15 minutes into the podcast. Ooh, it's silly voice time, everybody. <laughs> I thought you were about to say, like, the guy who's just tuned in. I'm like, this isn't radio, Luke. It's like someone just no, goes, oh, you don't I'm just going to literally. 15 minutes <laughs> into a pod. I, was like, I wonder if I'll like this. Let's find right in the middle of a discussion. Mm, I don't know what they're talking about. Next episode. It's like when you, I find that sometimes I'll listen to a podcast and then I'll come back like two months later and just be like, let's, let's uh-huh. see how much I remember and just be like, oh, what are they talking about? <laughs> Even some where they like have huge gaps between their stories, like the Disney Dish podcast. I love that podcast, but sometimes they'll be like, oh, uh, in September, we're going to talk about part <laughs> one of this story. And then in January of four years later, we're going to finish it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I promise. Like, next week. What? Next week. <laughs> so, anyway, going on with the timeline, <laughs> uh, shortly after in September uh, 28, so about roughly the year anniversary of the mm. park, um, they realize, oh, whoopsie, we haven't got those 600,000 additional guests that we needed to reach capacity and make uh, Michael Eisner or whoever was CEO at the time happy um, because this is sort of la-la land for Disney where they, they don't really know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so they introduce an annual pass because they're like, we need to get some more guests through this gate. Really good idea. To me, especially back then, like, Nowadays, we're seeing so many places around the world go, annual passes don't exist anymore. But back Mm. then, 2005, for a park to open and for a full year not have an annual pass, especially when I know, you know, the park was obviously designed with tourists and uh, mainland Chinese guests in mind just as much as the locals, but it was still a locals park. It was, the you know, the closest Disney theme park in the world to a major city. Especially yeah. when you've got the MTR, it was like, just jump on the train for 15 minutes and you're at the resort. So, to go for a full year without an annual pass and still only miss the target attendance numbers by 600,000, so about 10%. When you think about this park, you think about how many people say it was a failure. That's not a terrible attendance number. But the issue was, sure, a lot of people came through the gates. But those people weren't necessarily happy with what was within those gates. Exactly. If you just had, say, half of those people come back for another day, Mm. then you would have had, you would have exceeded your number. Especially Um, with locals. Remember, this is the culmination of Michael Eisner. This is, this is literally his fears and his anxieties about his parks mushed up into a theme park. And if you look at the whole timeline of, you know, he starts out with Paris and Paris is, um, it, it just doesn't do as well, but that was a really good park. Like, yeah. you can't deny that they didn't put a lot of effort into that theme park. And then they get to Animal Kingdom and they're like, Let, let's move a little bit back. Hey, who wants a zoo? Yeah. <laughs> and then they Oh, no, to- zoos are very expensive. You can't just plonk down rides. <laughs> you have to actually exactly. have animal care facilities. Uh, and then you get to- Let's just make a fake Disneyland looking park in the <laughs> middle of Hong Kong. That'll do. People liked Disneyland in 1955, didn't they? Well, you've got Surprised DCA before this Hill as well. What's like that? California Adventure. Um, mm. That came in 2001 and that was a flop. But still, you had the basis for a good park. This started happening 
after all of those theme parks is open. Yeah. Like from what I remember, the groundbreaking of Hong Kong Disneyland was roughly around 2001, 2002. There was a super quick turnaround for this project. Mm. Um, and it was because they literally just went, what are some safe attractions yeah. in a really safe park, in a really safe design? Um, oh, it's the sister park of Disneyland. Let's just yeah. block it down. And Open the it for locals- the Disney 50th anniversary, the Disneyland mm. 50th. There you go. The locals hated that because yeah. they felt like well, they the government- it's cheap. It's just- it's almost offensive yeah. to say, you know, look at all these Disney parks around the world. Okay, here's the one you get. No original attractions, no original castle. Everything's a version of something from around the world and in a lot of cases is the weak version of something from around the world. It just, yeah. you could see, like, if that was to open in Australia, we'd feel the same. You'd look around the world and go... Why? Why are you giving? Why are you giving us this? You haven't even given. You know, look at Shanghai. Sure, some of the attractions are similar to attractions around the world, but they've still got that number of core attractions that are unique. You can only experience them there. And arguably, this park didn't get an attraction like that for like eight years after it opened. Well, it, definitely Australians would be angry because Sydney side has got a crap, wet and wild. And they were furious. They're still angry about that. They're never going to let that one go. <laughs> like, it's, it's going on for years. But look, the, the annual pass was a good start. That's an, a good yeah. opportunity to get people through the door. And it, it's perfect for Hong Kong because you've got 7.2 million people in the city just a subway trip yeah. away. And they don't like Hong Kong locals typically don't have land. They have yeah. really small apartments, and this is a perfect the opportunity perfect to just to be like, go for a day, yeah. Yeah, go out. And that's why part of the initial project was what's called Inspiration Lake. It was what we yeah. think of as a typical sort of American-style, Australian-style park, just open land, a big big lake, places to sit free down to and attend, chill. right? Like, yeah, you, you can yeah. just go there. Um, the interesting thing as well you can also go to the 7-Eleven there and just buy beer and drinks. There is Woo-hoo! like a 7-Eleven on site at Inspiration Lake. No drinking Lake. in the parks, though. No drinking in the parks. No, no always. drinking in the theme parks. Um, <laughs> but you can go here, which is like a five, ten minute walk away. Like when myself and my wife were living in Hong Kong, we would go to Inspiration Lake just as an opportunity to yeah. escape the city, um, which I thought would be a really good opportunity for the parks. But I think one of the problems with Hong Kong Disneyland is that it wasn't like a Shanghai. It mm. was small. Um, and yeah. that smallness made it hard to sort of justify, well, why should I go from my small apartment to my small theme park? I don't want to yeah, feel claustrophobic. No matter what's nearby. Exactly. And I think Which, they learned that lesson yeah. with Shanghai because it's so, like, sprawling. Well, though I've heard Shanghai is almost the opposite. It's too big. From what I've heard, to walk from, if you want to walk from, say, you know, Tomorrowland from Tron, Light Cycles, yeah. over to the other side of the park, over, you know, Roaring Rapids or Pirates of the Caribbean, it's a 30-minute walk. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's not it's like a traditional towers. Magic Kingdom where, you you know, you could walk from Splash Mountain to Space Mountain at the Magic Kingdom in five, ten minutes, depending on the how busy the park is. It mm. seems like that park would almost punish you 
for trying to think outside the box. You pretty much have to do the loop. If you're yeah. walking back and forth too much, you're going to get very sore legs. But let's yeah, it's weird, we'll quickly race through the first few years because they've obviously realized that in 2005, they didn't open with enough attractions. So on December 14th, they say, hey, everybody, three new attractions are going to be coming in the next two years. And guess what they were? In 2007, whew, get ready for this. They opened a parade, a water parade where they splashed the guests and the Animation Academy. So they've opened those two in 2007 and they've changed their mind. Instead of opening just one new attraction in 2008, they're now going to open five new attractions. And because it's Hong Kong, we know that five new attractions are going to be great, right? No. Yes. Uh, So (laughs) they open (laughs) the Art of Animation building, which I don't know where that was. Where was that at this park? Was it just uh, like art of animation in the is, city hall? You know where, like, yeah, where Lincoln is at okay, Disneyland. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, the as Opera you walk House. in and right, yeah. go to the right, it's tiny. Yeah. Oh, so it's an attraction. It's an attraction. Yeah. We're in Hong Kong. <laughs> uh, they also opened Turtle Talk with Crush. Where was this at this park? I know that where Stitch's Stitch Great Life? Escape. Maybe that yeah. was behind it. Like, this is really odd, but it was like in almost like the break rooms of Space <laughs> Mountain. Like you would have to go around Space Mountain. What was essentially like huh. backstage and then enter. Did you do Stitch with me at Hong no, Kong? No, it was when I was there. Oh, it, it was the, the Star like, Wars. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Two, the R2-D2 meet and greet. You know because how you like crazy walk- when it's like my name that I said my name was Luke. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> He almost <laughs> fell over. He was like, boot, boot, boot. <laughs> spin, spin, spin. We it, like to get to that attraction because it's in like this weird back part of Space Mountain. You have to like walk around the mountain, like go right hmm. to the back. And then you walk through that back door. Um, like that park didn't, just- you know, have enough space to put something genuinely there like they've had to somehow Uh, weasel it in even though there's all this space in that park i don't know i guess it's a thing where they've got the structure there and stitch live they did not not have had to build a a building Mm. for it so they could get it out quicker Mm. which Um, we've still got three new attractions dom though yeah uh Another one, once again, this is not an attraction. This is a temporary limited time event. High School Musical's Musical Celebration, which have you ever seen the picture of this big high school musical stage at Hong Kong Disneyland? No. Oh, there's Do a picture. Do I want to? No, no. <laughs> it's just the logo, essentially, but in big, you know, lights, like high school musical live <laughs> or something. Um, and they put this it. This is exactly a what I want to at my Disneyland style park. <laughs> uh, they also brought in another attraction, of course. Here it is, Muppet Mobile Lab, which is cool because it's a living character initiative thing, which we mm. will do an episode on because I love the living character initiative. Oh, but that's yeah. not an attraction. That's like a show, which I don't even think has times normally. It's just a stumble upon. Yeah, uh, but they do open. On uh, the 28th of April, 2008, a new actual attraction, It's a Small World. Another unoriginal copy and paste ride from elsewhere in the world. Hey, stop, back off. It's the only, like, slow-moving, decent capacity attraction at this point. 
in all of Hong Kong Disneyland yeah, that isn't the Jungle Cruise. I'm not saying they Cruise. didn't need it. <laughs> Probably should have opened with it. Oh, yeah. Um. <laughs> 100%. The thing about this, though, that I like is that, in my opinion, outside of uh, Pooh, Pooh Bear, Pooh Bear, the, the dark ride, yeah, that's this the is only the only attraction at this point that really feels like a Disney attraction. Everything yeah. else just feels like someone went, yeah, we can do that. Like, the most baffling thing about Hong Kong Disneyland for me is that the original park does not feel like the Disney company. No. It just feels like someone took their ideas and managed to get the license in for their names. Because Space Mountain, yeah. like, you know, you're used to the whole, you go up the ramp and you're going down, you're going through Space Station 77, and you're like, there's this huge immersive queue and you get in, there's the loading bay, and it's got the rocket ship in there, and it's, it's all very iconic. Hong Kong Disneyland is literally, you walk through huge switchbacks, you then go inside the building. Go left, walk 10 steps. Uh, sorry, go right, walk 10 steps. Go left, walk 10 steps. Go down a ramp, you're on the right. It feels like... <laughs> and I, I think I've, I've, I've said it maybe about Dubai before, where it's, it's almost like... So, somebody who's never seen a theme park is mm. building your park. So, you've got to explain to them what a theme park is. And, you know, you'd say, oh, Space Mountain. Okay, it's this indoor roller coaster. It's themed to this... You know, you're racing through space from one space station to another. It's like a transport system. And you're explaining all the exciting things. So they get those right. But of course, you don't explain, you know, how the queue works or how the loading procedure works because those are boring. So mm. it almost seems like same with this park when it opened. All of the Dubai parks that have opened have felt like this as well, where it's like you've explained to an alien what a theme park <laughs> is and they've just built it. But they haven't understood the nuance of what a theme park actually needs to be. It's not yeah. just a collection of random rides. Like, they, they need to relate to each other. They need to offer something unique, something special. They didn't the, offer this. The funny thing as well about this park that really has only come out in recent years is that Disney's opportunity at Shanghai, which is, I'd say, probably a bigger opportunity than Hong Kong Disneyland... Their outcomes at Hong Kong Disneyland were specifically affecting the timeline of their Shanghai project mm. because the Legislative Council of Hong Kong, which is basically the Chinese Communist Party, um, they had a stake in this project. And the CCP yeah. were like, well, we're not starting Shanghai until Hong Kong's at a certain position. So the we Disney company goes, couldn't just chuck a Paris and go, all right, you just do your own thing for a little while. They <laughs> had to sit there and they had to make sure that yeah. it was all taken care of. Um, so that's when we sort of get to the point in, we, we've gone through April 28, 2008, where they've opened It's a Small World as the first expansion of fantasy land done well yeah like this did. must have done well to bring people into the park which you know to us it's a small one's like eh, it's cool it's historical that sort of thing but when you think about what this park had it's a small world is a big step forward sure it's a big step oh, yeah. to where it should have been when it opened but this is a big traditional disney ride finally coming in the versions of the rides they did have on opening 
The rides they had weren't, you know, the traditional Disney rides you expect a lot of them. Sure, they had a Dumbo and a Carousel, but, you know, the dark ride was Winnie the Pooh. It's none of the classic ones. It's a, it's a new, new age dark ride, like this sort of stuff. This yeah. was the first. This is what we expect from Disney. Big, quality, people-eating attraction. It's, excuse my French, um, <gasps> oh, baguette, um, Uh, No, it's the first attraction, in my opinion, that doesn't feel Um, half-assed. If you look at it, the facade is gleaming. It's got the TikTok-y. It's got the lighting package. You walk inside and you've got, like, the little interior area that's nice and just good to hang out in. Um, (laughs) And it's it's Small World. You can't do Small World wrong uh, unless, well, look, I'm sure they could have. Uh, it's Hong Kong Disneyland, <laughs> but but this is, in my opinion, the turning point of the park. Uh, 2008 yeah. is when they went, oh, we need to turn this around. And that's what leads into then 2009, July 10th, the Legislative Council of Hong Kong approves a three-land expansion for Hong Kong Disneyland. At this yeah. stage, it's not actually announced what this is going to be. It's just started. Uh, December 13, so they actually years. have the- It's taken them four years after opening to essentially go, oh, this park needs three new lands. Mm. Like, this is unheard of in Disney expansions. The thing is, five years after park opening to go, okay, we're pretty much going to double the amount of lands in the park. (laughs) (laughs) We, you will quickly find out that this has been uh, Hong Kong Disneyland. Oh, yeah, they can say three new lands, everyone, three new lands. And everyone's like, whoa, (laughs) that's, yeah, you'll realise what we mean in a bit. But they actually begin groundbreaking uh, on that in December 13th. So they were serious about this. They were like, Mm. yes, let's get this ready to go. Uh, 2010, September 12, Hong Kong Disneyland celebrates its fifth year anniversary. Now, at that point, the construction's just chugging along. It's doing its thing. I remember one of the main additions during this time was that the parade got a little uh, fifth year anniversary of Hong Kong on it. (laughs) And that was Flights of Fantasy. Though, actually, it's not mentioned here. Um, There was a different parade. I think... Flights of Fantasy came in around that fifth. time. Um, Only thing if I you know just about want to Flights quickly... of Fantasy is it has the same soundtrack theme song as Soundsational. Yeah, and a very similar <laughs> name to yeah. the one at the Magic Kingdom, Festival of Fantasy. Festival of Fantasy, yeah. So it's as if they just sort of amalgamated them sure all together. I'm pretty sure when Disney's naming shows and parades and nighttime spectaculars, they have one bowl... And then another bowl, and it's, you know, got magic, dreams, <laughs> fantasy in one. <laughs> they and pull it out, and they're of- like, uh, sounds <laughs> of uh, magical, sounds of magical. What's the even- new parade at Disneyland? It's probably, it's pretty much got that, hasn't it, as well? Ah, uh, the one that they opened here? For- yeah. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> at Tokyo. Um, they, oh, the one that opened for like magic a happens. week. Yeah, there it is. There's magic. Okay, the second word now is here. When- happens. <laughs> Flying. <laughs> when Bob Chapek comes and smacks you in the <laughs> knees with a poly pipe. Well, yeah, you're at Disney. Magic happens, kiddo. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it was some backhanded way of getting yeah. back at them. I don't know, it just sounds really passive aggressive. <laughs> It's like, oh, it you millennials. It doesn't mean anything. 
which I guess most of them don't mean anything, but it yeah. definitely doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Or you Magic can go down happens. The, where? <laughs> what? What do you mean? Or you can go down the, the classic way, the single word, you know, like a wishes. Ooh, just that. That's all you need. One word. That's when they, they added the other bowls later. But at that stage, they just had one bowl. Harmony. Fantasy. That'll do. Us. Wishes. <laughs> Harmony us. Oh, let's not start about harmony us, or we'll be here for the rest of the afternoon after we've just seen the, don't, how they're going to hide those barges during the day by absolutely soaking anyone who happens to be at World Showcase. Epcot has become a water park at this stage. It's <laughs> So much water is coming out of those things. That gives me an idea, and someone remember to press me on this, because I probably won't remember, um, but we should do an episode on Illuminations at one point, um, which can lead us in to of Harmonia. Earth. Yeah, and we can no, open Dom, it with that. Harmony us. Us! <laughs> I'll never forgive uh, them for trying to call that show Harmony and then U.S. in capital letters. I can literally <laughs> picture the reviews if that show is bad. Us. Um, I can imagine you'll have Mickey Blogs or someone like that. Um, not Mickey Blogs. He does the, the YouTube Big stuff. Big Mickey Blogs. Um, yeah, I'm thinking like WDW News Today, they have an article that's Harmony Ass and A-S-S <laughs> if it's bad. And then it will have three question marks and four exclamation marks. <laughs> Harmony Ass. Do, do, do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm actually going to copyright this for if it's bad. Uh, I <laughs> I came up with it. It is in this podcast. This is timestamp. I haven't the- seen it, but uh, harmonious. There we go. <laughs> if this becomes Rivers of Light two, what Disney Disney doesn't know what they're doing anymore with nighttime specs. I guess oh yeah, happily ever after is good. So. Uh, so, 2011, January 21st, Hong Kong Disneyland begins its fifth year anniversary with Celebration in the Air. Um, I have no idea what that is. That's Flights of Do Fantasy, you know? I think. Oh, why is it called Celebration in the Air? Because it, everything's always called the celebration of something, you know. It's, um, it's wasn't oh, the Disney oh, World one sense. called, yeah. like, that, sorry, Disneyland was called, like, the happiest homecoming. Yeah, so, sorry. <laughs> that's not the parade name. That's just like the the celebration. Because they've Isn't got the Disney point, World one got a weird name too. The fiftieth. Uh, I thought Pretty... it was just the fiftieth. No, oh, it's no, called... I know what you're talking about. Yeah, um, I'll keep on yeah. going on with this if you want to track that down. Yeah. Um, November eighteenth. So we actually get our first edition as part of the Three Land expansion, and that is Toy Story Land. Toy Story Land opens on November 18th, 2011. It's sort of a back-to-form for Hong Kong Disneyland. Yeah? The world's most magical celebration. If that's not the buckets of cliche words (laughs) being drawn out one at a time, I don't know what is. In we go. Uh, Okay, so it's Disney World, so we got to call it the world's what? Most, yes, that makes sense. And then it's like magical, dreams, happy. All of these words are coming out. Just, just Which I guess throw, still makes more throw sense some words at me. The happiest um, homecoming for the 50th at Disneyland. I don't even know what that means. Maybe it's an... Is it, I know homecoming's like an American thing, but isn't it like, you know, when you I, go to school or something? Like it's yeah, your, so I think like a formal homecoming thing? is kind of like... 
uh, when you have a 10-year anniversary and it's like, oh, we've got homecoming. It's everyone coming together uh, and returning so that to idea, that place. Like, Come back, so it was meant celebrate. to be. Yeah, it was like, uh, okay. oh, you had gone to Disneyland in the last 50 years. Come back. It's changed so yeah. much. Um, which is in itself not a bad like idea. Maybe that's it's, just an Aussie thing to be like, I don't know what this means. Aussies this hate homecomings. <laughs> um, we we just like, you what suggest we, the idea. I think yeah. we would call them. Oh, yeah. let's do a reunion at school and everyone like shutters because <laughs> they're like, ugh. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel for a lot of people in school, it's like, once you leave, there's like two people that you're like, yeah, we actually have something in common. The rest, it's like, oh, we were just hanging out a lot because we were because at school we together, to. <laughs> which is unfortunate. But I feel like as you become an adult, you you sort of expand your- You, sh- uh, you shrink. Well, you shrink down to <laughs> really specific niches. <laughs> like, my <laughs> friendship circles are Disney theme parks and- Packs. <laughs> That's <laughs> everything it. else. Um, but speaking of Disney theme parks, this land they've so they're opening in 2011, November 18th. Mm. Toy Story Land opens less than two years after groundbreaking, which means if we know how long a land takes to build, this land must be great. 18 months ish to build. This is going to well, be what this park needs. That's why it's I got was three saying, new attractions. Uh, Toy three Story Land. Months was a return to form for Hong Kong yeah. Disneyland because it was all uh, quantity and no quality. <laughs> it was just off-the-shelf flat rides. If you've been... I think this was the second version of this land around the world, wasn't it? Which, yeah. if you see the first place it went to, Walt Disney Studios Park, they'll give you oh. a, a little bit of an idea about what this land is. It is... It essentially is the same idea as Toy Story Land at... Disney's Hollywood Studios, where you're shrunk down to the size of a toy. But this version only has three off-the-shelf rides that have just been themed to be around Toy Story. So they don't have, you know, Hollywood Studios has obviously Toy Story Mania, but that always was there. But Slinky Dog Dash is, you know, a unique roller coaster specifically built for the land. Alien Swirling Saucers, sure, it's not the best ride in the world, but it's still nicely themed. Hmm. Hong Kong Disneyland has Slinky Dog Spin, which is, I don't even know what type of ride it is, but it just goes around in a circle. And the cycle's about 15 seconds long because of a Disney requiring decent capacity. Look, I I am going to say that Slinky Dog Spin is a gem um, and you shall not disrespect it because it is cute. Uh, it has a little barky sound when it starts, and it's got the world's boppiest jig. It's just like bum ba da ba 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 da 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 boom da da ba da 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 da. Okay, rides over. That's about as long as it is. You might do one rotation and then oh, get time to get off, get off, get off. For some reason, I I think I've mentioned this on the pod before. I can't remember. I I probably have and probably haven't. Um, there was a point. Where it was like 8.30 at Hong Kong Disneyland. The park always closes at 9 at this point in the year. And I was there and I was just sort of killing time. I was in Toy Story Land at that time. And so, I walk up and I'm like, oh, Slinky Dog. What the hell? It's going to be like Mm. literally a two minute wait. I've never ridden this before. I'm like, let's give it a go. (laughs) It's usually a kid ride. There's no kids around. 
So I get sat in this, you know, in the Slinky Dog attraction and they pull down the lap bar. The thing I didn't realise is that they weren't starting it until they had a certain capacity. So I'm just (laughs) sort of stuck there and I'm seeing people walk past and like, come over, come and ride. Um, And no no one's going on it. I don't think I will. (laughs) And at this point, I was like, okay, well, I'll just hang out on my phone. And then I feel a drip, drip, Uh drip. (laughs) And Hong Kong, that's your 30 second warning. Yeah. Like it's like Florida. It's a monsoon just soon is about to hit. Pretty much. pretty much, it was like drip, drip, drip. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> it was like the most aggressive amount of rain I had seen within a short period of time. I got drenched, but because I was <laughs> locked in, they couldn't release us. And this is an attraction that's designed to operate. The cast members in just the run away, run to cover, like. <laughs> They did. They ran under the cover of the booth (laughs) and then started the ride. So I'm there in the cycle as it's pouring down rain. In the washing machine, essentially. I looked like I had literally just jumped into a lake. Like I was (laughs) head to toe saturated to the point where I'm like, I have to get back on the MTR after this. Like I've got to get back to the city. So you're not going to dry at all. You'll be dripping wet. The the oh. good thing is I walked into the Mystic Manor shop, which is just down the way from Toy Story Land, and I, I am dripping. And this mm. is sort of Disney hospitality. A cast member runs up and she's like, wait there. And she actually <laughs> did get me a towel, like huh. just this generic white towel. I sort of patted myself down. Interesting that um, I had those on hand. It must happen yeah. a lot. <laughs> And and so, like, at this point, I'm sort of dry, but my clothes are still drenched. I'm like, I mm. can deal with my pants being drenched. Yeah. As Australians, we're used to boardies. And <laughs> I think I was yeah. wearing, like, boardies at this time. Um, but my shirt was just, like, disgusting. Sopping, so, yeah. I ended up just replacing it on the spot. I picked out a shirt that I want. I'm like, uh, yep, that one works. Good it excuse was a- to buy some merch. <laughs> yeah, it was a shirt that had like Mickey on top of the world, and oddly enough, it was oh, yeah, all of that. the Disney World uh, yeah, parks. It's called like wo- it's- Park Hop World Explorer. Yeah, world Global Park, Hop- Park Hopper. Hopper. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's Which where I, I got, got that I liked shirt when from. they celebrated that there was, you know, a couple of different places. I've got a few mm. pieces of merch that are like that, where it's you know a signpost that'll have like Shanghai, Hong Kong, Tokyo. Yeah, and Mickey's on top of the world, sort of thing. But the fact, yeah, Slinky Dog Spin, it goes in a circle. If you go on it when it's raining, you're going to get wet. Yeah. And the cast member will laugh at you. Um, they've also and- got... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, you go. I was just going to say, they've also got Parachute Drop, which, uh, if nothing more, can give you an okay overview of the park if you're on a good side and a decent view of the harbour if you're not. Uh, sorry, the bay area if you're not. It's mm. okay, I guess. Oh, I remember us yeah, watching I... them build. It must have been Frozen. Like, they must have been doing site prep for Frozen Land or something. Remember there was, like, we could see. Uh, yeah. So, that we plot there. of land, when you go up, there's this really big empty plot. And that's just always been empty. There were rumors floating around for a while that that's where they were going to throw a space. Uh, not a space mountain. Um, they were going to have two space mountains because <laughs> it's the Magic Kingdom. Um <laughs> They were going to have uh, Splash Mountain. There were rumours yes, that that yeah, little also walkway... They were going to have uh, just Radiator Springs races. Mm. 
And Which that land, oh, I think that plot isn't the plot where Frozen's going, right? That plot still exists. The one that will now be between Toy Story Land and Frozen. I believe so. There there literally is an area. It's just like a walkway. It's a pretty long walkway. Expansion plots at this park still, from what I understand. Like the whole theme park expansion plot to the right hand side of Disneyland. Which is now becoming housing. Four hotel plots as well, isn't Mm. it? Yeah, I never heard what happened with that, because it was, yeah, gonna become how temp housing when you know, the pandemic hit. I sure legitimately think that what's happening is Disney is getting um, the park to a point where they can just go, don't have to yeah. do anything to that park for 10 years. And then they'll go and focus <laughs> on Shanghai, build a second gate. And then they'll be like, well, I guess we have to now. Yeah, right. But I Shanghai don't know if they get have a second gate for sure before mm. Hong Kong does. I don't know if they have any sort of contractual obligation similar to Paris, like where they have to build a certain uh, park at a certain time. Um, no, I, I haven't heard anything do. like that, but I know Paris is like, you have to build a third gate by 2030. Well, the hardest thing for them to sell with it is it's not like Paris, where nowadays Disney completely owns the Paris resort. The Hong Kong Disneyland Resort is still owned between the government and Disney. It's, so it's uh, going to be very hard to convince. Yeah, forty-five. It's going to be very hard to convince the government to pony up another billion plus dollars to build a second gate at this resort. Have you I feel. seen the phase three for this like resort? Have like you seen the, the three phase plan? Yeah, the original yeah. three phase plan. It is huge. What, weren't they like, meant to be done? Like, wasn't that a ten-year plan too? Yeah. So it was going to be. Not, we're not. We're in like phase one point one at this yeah. stage, and we should have finished phase three. So phase one was the Disneyland project, and then yeah. you had all of the Tick, resorts kind of. down there. <laughs> phase two was the expansion gate, and then it would have four more resorts uh, on the yeah. the coast. Circling so every it. single resort was going to be on the bay. Um, which is really cool. And then phase three was going to be an additional plot of land that they would reclaim around Lantau Island that was the exact same size as the Disneyland end expansion plot wrapped around the island. And what it was going to be is it was going to be a third gate with a huge, like, downtown Disney, Disney Springs sort of thing. Um, Wasn't there one, like, before then... The park itself was meant, the promenade between the two parks would have had essentially a temporary Disney Springs style area, which you can clearly tell when you walk through because it's just this real long walkway with heaps of land either side Mm. that you can kind of see through trees, but nothing there until, you know, you can walk from the MTR, keep going straight towards the water until you hit the hotels. And apart from the park, there's all this space with nothing in it. Yeah, there's this really convenient sort of space in between everything and the esplanade um, Mm. or the promenade, whichever you want to call it. And there's a huge walkway that goes to the resorts. And yeah, uh, all along there was meant to be shops and that. If you look at the original uh, legislative council approval notices, that's all zoned for commercial. They've just never done anything with it, which I think is a missed opportunity because all Disney has to do is go, all right. Who wants to have a shop 
out the front of Hong Kong Disneyland. Yeah. And then they just cherry pick what they want. Get your, your AMCs, maybe some bowling, some bars and all that. I don't just know if it's big enough in. for that sort of stuff. It really does mm. look like a temporary, okay, this will be for now until we build that big one over on the other side. Yeah, Like, it looks true. like, you know, you could have a couple of restaurants, maybe, you know, a mini golf or something, a smaller style attraction or one of those VR, the void type things. Mm. And then, you know, that would be it. And it really is a good location, especially the thing where it's like, as you were saying, the park closes, you know, at nine o'clock. Oh, but cool. There's a there's a themed bar out here that I can go to. There's some restaurants I can go and have dinner. Mm. Awesome. You can then extend guests on site from nine to eleven or twelve very easily. And yeah. those people are those would either be owned by Disney, some of them, or paying rent to Disney, others. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense to me that companies wouldn't be willing to pay it. Like I don't see why this hasn't happened. The Even land just a is world there. of Disney. Like, yeah, that would exactly. work there. You could, there's but nowhere to shop. Would, would, maybe you know the there. Part before you hit the promenade, isn't there a part there that you could, like on, you know, where you walk through that Welcome to Hong Kong Disneyland gate? Yeah. And then you go, there's quite a, a little bit more walking before you get to the big circle. Plug mm. that on one of the left or right hand side as you walk past. There you go. You're going to grab all those guests who've just left the park and you're exactly. going to grab all those it's- guests who are going in or the guests... Because especially if you're staying at one of the resorts, guess what? It's going to be the last thing you see before you get back on the MTR, another world of Disney. And it's like, like it's crazy uh, to me. There's I've nothing still got there. fifty dollars left over. Yeah, exactly. Like there are small shops. There are really small shops with the basics. But yeah, it's a, a huge missed opportunity for them mm. to not just put something like. Yeah, it's but why. maybe it, it was really that thing where it's like, like phase a resort two. that's not finished. That area. Like the walkway, it feels like, you know, when you're walking through a park that's under heavy construction, they've got those kind of fake walls. That's what it feels like almost. Yeah. But it's been like that for 15 plus years. I think what I I feel was meant to happen is it was like phase two will have two theme parks sandwiched between them. Part of the budget for that second theme park is going to be expanding the Esplanade. Yeah. Did that ever happen? Nope. No. Also, uh, for fun, if you actually look at the map of Hong Kong Disneyland, right down the bottom towards the bay, uh, there's another like random roundabout in sort of no man's land over the right hand side of the Esplanade, uh, right down the bottom mm. uh, near where the resorts and the second gate would have been. That would have been uh, another drive, like another road, not a drive. Yeah. I don't know why I said drive. It would be a road <laughs> that would go to the third gate. Um, yeah, eventually. So, they, they mm. were planning it all ahead. Uh, so, at this point, we're now in 2012. We, we haven't talked about RC Racer yet. Oh, sorry. Yeah, the best sorry. part, the, wor- the best ride at this section, and it's still <laughs> trash. It was it's the second coaster okay. at this park. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's so generic. That's the problem for me is this is a half pipe coaster. I believe it's made by Inciman, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It's themed to be RC, like Re- RC from um, Toy Story films. I think it's called like Rex's Racer at Shanghai. And it's got like Rex out the front with a remote control. 
but it's still ah, themed yeah. to RC. Um, yeah. And you literally sit in it. It goes up the half pipe, back, up the half pipe, back, up the half pipe. Okay. This is legitimately Unload. an attraction I always forget is at Hong Kong Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one of those ones. It's not fun, really, either. It's like, it doesn't do anything interesting. Do you want to know it- something crazy, though? For mm-hmm. this land, it's considered its e-ticket. Yeah. Which is gross. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All the others are meant to be like DNC, but that's this land's e-ticket. But thankfully, we didn't have to wait long until the second land opens. But these lands sort of, they have a, a big blockage in the middle of them because they all opened yeah. over the left-hand side. Uh, Toy Story Land opens. It's sort of attached to Fantasyland, but it's a yeah. long walk. But then if, if you, you want to go to- you know, the traditional Disney parks layout, you know, you walk into your park, you take a left into Adventureland. It's, these lands are built as if they're way behind everything in Adventureland. So, you know, Disneyland, yeah. take a left where the Jungle Cruise is. Imagine behind the Jungle Cruise is three other lands. And that's where these exist in this They're park. beyond the perimeter of the park. Yeah. Uh, it because actually goes train, under. Yeah. Like the train. the train, which used to go around the park, now essentially goes th- between Adventureland and these three new lands. Yeah. Um, so, Grizzly Gulch opens in 2012. It's over the opposite side of this expansion plot. So instead of going through Fantasyland to get through this, you now have to go through Adventureland. Mm. Grizzly Gulch is pretty much, uh, it's an amalgamation of Everest. It's combined with um, a Big Thunder Mountain. It's like sort of as if they went, we need a really high quality roller coaster. It it is just a a roller coaster. Yeah. For sure. They've also got the... um, the bear head from the DCA mountain. Yeah, but it's real small. Grizzly like Gulch, they, but yeah, a tiny version of it. They didn't want it to be dominating for some yeah. reason. Which, which I, I think guess this is, is a good fair. ride. It's pretty low yeah. lying, but that's fine. It's fun. It's got some launches. It's got a backward section. It's got a good mix. I feel this is probably the first, you know, unique attraction in the park where you're like, hey, this is, they're going down the right path now. This, yeah. this is good. This is promising. Uh, it's got like, you know, the attraction itself, but it has a dining area, I think, too, doesn't it? Like a restaurant. Yeah. Uh, not yeah. a restaurant. It's got a quick service, but oh, it's like service. literally just a a hole in the wall. Uh, okay. It's got a first aid. It's yeah. <laughs> got aid some fun photo ops too, doesn't it? I think. Yeah. So it's got, uh, in tradition with the land, Hong Kong Disneyland was built with uh, feng shui in mind. So there's actually a lot of prominent water features in this land yeah. as well. Part of it is like a splash pad. Uh, and that's because flowing water is meant to be, uh, it's meant to bring positivity and things like that. Um, yeah. I expand on that a little bit more in my Hong Kong Disneyland yeah. video. And it's the reason Which- why it's not facing north to south as well. Yeah, the whole like the park. theme park. It's facing Which out I feel to sea. You know, this is opening in um, 2012. And this, as I was saying, is the one that people go, okay, maybe this is the park to keep an eye, keep a little side eye on. Yeah. A lot of Disney parks, uh, Disney fans around the world had written off Hong Kong at this point. It had been open Hmm. for over five years. It didn't have a unique attraction at this point. 
the first expansion was Toy Story Land, which was exactly the same as what was at the worst Disney park in the world. <laughs> so that's not going to make anyone. But this opens and goes, huh. And then like nine months later, they get the attraction, I would say, is the reason for most Disney fans to go to this park, Mystic this, Manor. Opens this was on like, May 17th, 2013. It was a one-two punch. Grizzly Gulch hmm. was like, huh. The Mystic Manor was like, huh. <laughs> yeah, especially with Grizzly Gulch, because they could have just gone, you know, there's Big Thunder. Enjoy. But they didn't. Mm. They went something unique and they did the same. They could have just gone, here's Haunted Mansion. They could have very easily just put Big Thunder Mountain, Haunted Mansion, make it something like Paris where they're tied together. There you go. There's your expansion. We don't have to do too much unique design. But they didn't. Yeah. They've opened up two unique opportunities. If you want to hear us talk about Mystic Manor, there's a whole episode <laughs> about it. Uh, I think it was the pilot. So I don't know what it's like listening to it. You know, we're, now that we're 27 diff episodes in, um, I'm sure it's still listenable. But we oh, love yeah. Mystic Manor. We love Mystic Point. It also completes that walkway. Uh, so Toy Story is on the, you know, the top half. Grizzly Gulch is on the bottom half. And then in the middle is Mystic Manor. Until yeah. Mystic Manor was open, you couldn't walk through that area. So there were like two dead ends. Where now it it's like opened it up. A, a 10 to 15 back. minute walk between yeah. Grizzly Gulch it and Toy Story Land. To go to Toy Story Land. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so this is sort of the turning point of Hong Kong Disneyland. This is where things really start to go well for the park. Yeah. But I'm thinking, look, we've now been talking about Hong Kong Disneyland for roughly an hour uh, and we've still got a lot to talk about. I'm mm. thinking, do we do a cheeky little part two of the expansions of Hong Kong Disneyland? Oh, there'll be 30 minutes of us complaining about the Avengers ride that's never going to be built. <laughs> well, there's a lot to talk about here. There's like huge announcements. This and is the turning point for this park. Uh, after yeah. this, it's a little teaser, a little sneaky peeky. Uh, they end up having the first Marvel land in the world with some yeah. unique attractions. Uh, they end up getting a frozen land, which is under construction. They end up getting a brand new castle, uh, paint the night. They in. We're, we're up to 2013. We've got eight mm. years to go till we get to today, and we'll probably talk about the future as well. A lot happens in this eight years. I didn't oh, go yeah. to this park until 2017, and even at this point, there's still a lot of things that ha don't exist yet that I got to experience only four years later in 2017. So we'll quickly uh, we'll wrap up 2013. Mystic Manor does so well, on October the 7th, they actually announce another new attraction with the Iron Man experience, uh, and they also announced Paint the Night Parade. So we're at oh, a good yeah. point. This is a good point to stop. Di di Hong Kong Disneyland's going, hey, things are looking up. We've got three brand new lands that have just opened. We're going to open up another brand new attraction. We've got a new state-of-the-art parade coming. What could possibly go wrong? A brand new castle as well. It's all, it's all <laughs> happening here. On Review Times Theme Podcast. But we'll see you back next week for the unplanned part two of this episode. <laughs> yeah. See ya. Review Times Theme Podcast is brought to you by Luke Carroll and Dominic Lacey. A big shout out goes to our new patron, Kevin Kaiser, Robert Matcher, and Haley. Long term Patreon, Jake Cool, and to you, the listener. Review Times Theme Podcast. We'll be back next week.